Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburrow and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. This week, we're going to talk about the story of God and especially the first act, creation. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm Richard. I'm here with Crooksy. Hey everyone. And Shelby. Hi guys. And we're doing a thing at church on the story of God, which is awesome. So we are going to have a few podcasts where we're going to explore, sometimes people call them like the acts of the story of God, these like different phases of like what God did or what God communicated. And uh, it's, I mean, it's really good for understanding your Bible because um, sometimes, I don't know, it's just this unique mm-hmm. book, right? It's not like chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, yeah. like a storybook. So it's really different. Um, but it's also, we talk a lot about understanding our identity in terms of like the narrative, the story of like who we are, like what story do we think we're living? What character do we think we are in the story? Things like that. There's just these mega important questions you can't you can't answer unless you understand the story. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed a lot of people who feel like, yeah, the like 1980s Romans Road way of telling the story of God. Like, um, God's good, we're evil, God whacks us, but it's all right, Jesus can get you out of jail. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's handy. We, people know enough of like modern biblical scholarship and stuff to be like, yeah, I feel like that's a bit of a caricature of the story. But then if you're like, okay, so what is it then? It's a bit like, uh, mm, uh, uh, mm, <laughs> and noises like that. So we're going to try to unpack it in in some bite-sized portions. And this is part of not just us doing this on the House Learning Podcast, but at church, we're doing some practices to sort of not just be educated about the story, but really like step into it, inhabit it, explore it. This is your baby, Quixie. I feel like you should give us the lowdown. Like, because if people have been like, whoa, I had no idea. I completely missed it. I wasn't at church this week or something. What should they go back and look for to sort of get to this Friday and this podcast? Yeah, so we thought it would be really fun to build up to Easter by saturating ourselves in the story of God so that we can think like way more about who he is, like what he's about and how we fit into that so that by the time... Easter comes, we'll have kind of just like, yeah, like filled in the pockets in the narrative that we tend to skip over and got like fresh insight into the pieces that are essential pieces that we do tend to keep in there. So by the time Easter rolls around, we'll like really be able to celebrate because we've got a fuller picture of all the things that uh, God has done. So over the last week, we've like brought the story of God into like a prominent place in our gatherings. And during the week, we've got like, yeah, like Richard said, these practices that uh, you can go to to really like get saturated in this. So um, maybe you saw on Tuesday that there was a blog on the website and the link for that is in the description of this podcast so that we can think a little bit more about um, how we're created in the image of God. And then also yesterday, there was another podcast where I'm kind of guiding us through Psalm 8, Psalm 8, translation for <laughs> Americans, um, so that we can see like the parallels between the creation narrative in Genesis 1 and what David is talking about in Psalm 8 and like see how like maybe there's like fresh light or like more color that's added into 
the the creation narrative through like getting two pieces of the Bible that are written in like completely different times, like putting them side by side and seeing how like they fill um, fill in the picture for each other. And we're going to be doing like something similar to that every week, like I say, up until Easter. Yeah. So my hot tip is if you haven't gone and listened and done some of these sort of practices yet, pause this, go back and do them. Because our job on the pod today is to kind of supplement that with like some things God's shown us mm-hmm. as we've sort of encountered what God's trying to show us as we've read these bits of the Bible, um, which is great to enrich the conversation. But it would be so awesome for you to kind of go open handed where you're at and then just see what God has to say to you. See yeah. what he wants to emphasize or prioritize or mm-hmm. reveal about you, what he wants to speak into your life, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I I feel like you might be missing out if you just listen to us three and be like, oh, I guess like that's the important stuff. Because yeah. we're telling you a bit about stuff God's shown us to be important and that may genuinely be theologically important as well, which is, but still there's this other cool side of things where God might be like, yeah, 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 that's important, that's important. But for you right now, I want to talk to you about this thing. Like mm-hmm. for you and me, this is important. And I want you to catch that. So yeah, go do the Lectio Divina stuff. Yeah. And then and then listen to this. And I, it's so fun. I think it's helpful to point out, like, we're not just doing this stuff because, like, the story of God's important. It is. But this is preparation for us in, in our church in this moment leading up to Easter. Easter is this pivotal part of what it means to be a Jesus follower. It's this turning point in, our, in the story. But if we just don't prepare and we just like come to easter it'd be like not talking about christmas until december 25th right yeah so much about that day and being able to rest in and receive all that that day has to offer is the preparation and so yeah i just love crooks of your vision for saturating yourself in the story of god as preparation yeah yeah so go on this journey with us Mm -hmm. so that you don't wake up easter morning and be like whoa uh easter uh chocolate uh the cross uh yeah yeah." funny (laughs) So we're going to talk about creation. So we're sort of sectioning off this sort of like, okay, what does God show us about himself? What does he show us about humanity, about his plans? Um, You know, like what gets locked in, in terms of like the storyline of the whole of creation, the whole of the cosmos and these important characters, like especially God and us. And I say us in terms of like humankind. Um, before we get to, and we all know it's coming, so it'll be like hovering over us. We'll talk about this next podcast. Like, it, it all hits the fan when there's a tree and some fruit that shouldn't mm. have been eaten, and it was, and blah. But that's that's for next time. So that's coming. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, there we go. Um, oh, sound effects. We're missing <laughs> out. Yeah, that's what this podcast is really missing. It really is. It Get a signboard, Richard. Come I on. Would just, I would be happier if things were just more juvenile all the time. So <laughs> I would love it. Uh, but uh, so I'm going to launch out. Like the first thing I think that inspires me when I read these first few chapters of Genesis, especially, is like God's showing his power. He's like showing off how cool he is. Like what a great designer. He's... Uh, just weaving together the cosmos and it like all comes together like all the jigsaw pieces are fitting together and then you arrive at like why where's this like what's this for where's this all leading and god's like boom adam and eve this is it dudes this is like i'm expressing something beautiful and amazing 
and it all culminates in me putting you here and i'm just like whoa you know it's it's kind of easy sometimes for me to think of the storyline as like oh yeah so god's doing a thing he made creation and like humankind yeah like god's more powerful he's more brilliant than us so we're supposed to just submit to him be sort of subservient to him so i'm like oh the character i am in the story is i'm like god's slave you know i'm just like i'm here to make god do his thing and actually i read genesis i'm like oh no like this this is about me you know i'm not just like i don't know some pawn in this giant machine god's made god's made this giant machine it all fits together but it all expresses this care towards humankind of like man i've made this environment for you mm-hmm. i've provided for you um and just says like who god is to them you know like god didn't say all right adam and eve so just don't mess anything up don't touch anything okay i've got this thing going on but you can watch you know like the two-year-old that's invited to watch but not really join in you know hmm. god's like no this is about you you know like i got i got these toys out for you to play with or something like that so it just yeah yeah and it inspires me i mean starting at the beginning is a good idea but in verse 26 of genesis 1 like the thing that god had in mind for people when he made them is that that they will rule and it's like verse 26 like they will rule over the fish of the sea birds of the sky the livestock all the earth Mm -hmm. and it's not that we were made to like be god's bots that just do whatever he tells us to do but we were made and like the responsibility that and like the trust that is communicated in that is massive and like that's like that's god's idea like that's how i want it to be these are my dudes like they're made in my image i know they've got this i'm gonna let them have this and rule it and like after that, God still says, like, mm. this is this is good, this is very good that people would rule. Mm. And I think that's that's so fun. And that's not often the relationship that we think about with God, that, like, I'm happy to call God my master. I'm happy to call God my Lord. But whenever he's like, okay, because those things are true, here's what I'm telling you to do, go and rule. And then he is my master and he is my Lord and I better do that and mm-hmm. I better do it well. Yeah. Yeah. I love seeing that verse as a window into our relationship with God. And I think that that's what's so helpful in Genesis 1 is you really do, you remember that our story doesn't start in Genesis 3. It starts in Genesis 1. Like there's so much about who God is and how we were made to relate to him that's just rich in these first couple of chapters And yeah, it's that reminder of like, he's not looking for good servants or robots. Like he really is desiring and he creates us for like as co-creators, as co as partners. Mm. Right. And I think that that that's a different way to know how to lean into like stuff that comes up in your everyday life. Like if my starting place is Genesis three instead of Genesis one, I'm showing up to that story in a totally different way. Like my understanding of myself is so incredibly different. Um, yeah, so I think that this is massively helpful and it has a lot of implications. Yeah. And it does seem like if you just show up in Genesis 3, like, ding, there are people now and the first thing they do is bad boy, bad girl things, yeah. then 
it just feels like ah, do you know? But when you see like how much good there is for mm-hmm. people in store, it's not so like easy come easy go. Mm-hmm. Like there is a lot that is lost. So like Genesis three hits you different like for sure when you know how good it could have been yeah. for Genesis 1 and 2 but I feel like we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves there <laughs> yeah, it's might. hard to stay away from it's, that it's hard not to get the whole story like one of the most pivotal moments in human history and it's hard not to gravitate yeah. towards it but something you said a second ago Shelby that I'd love it if you could unpack for a minute is like that title of like co-creators yeah. so I think it's something that like in the beginning God created yeah. so that idea of co-creators is something worth exploring do you want to like talk on that for a second yeah i definitely don't hold down all the i don't know what the right phrase is there definitely don't know everything there is to say on this so feel free to help me parse this out but i just think that at least i'll speak from my own personal journey i think even in hearing you say crooksie of like i'm happy to call him master i'm happy to call him lord those are kind of maybe boxes of how I knew how to relate to God that was instilled in me from an early age. And it was very hard to even break out of that or to, yeah, to step into this place of like, oh, because of how he's made me, because he's put his image inside me, he's filled me with his spirit. He's inviting me into like life with him. And being that he, you know, this language is all over Genesis, but yeah, to to rule in the way in which he's talking about means that I'm going to show up to this earth he's created and I've been entrusted with a role, mm. right? I've been entrusted with a role that's directly connected to my relationship with God um, and that that's just massively important. And I think like, especially when I graduated college, I used to like, I'm married to a musician. I'm married to an artist. And so I would always think about myself as like, I'm not creative. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not a very creative person. But then the more I would show up to that and the more I was like going through different seasons of life, I think maybe some of the cultural narrative around what it means or what it looks like to be a creative person has maybe impacted how we understand ourselves as co-creators with Jesus, co-creators with God in in an in a way that's actually unhelpful because I think what we see in Genesis one is actually this invitation for all of us to see ourselves as image bearers. And part of that image is like creativity, like, and to show up to that with Jesus in whatever way that's going to look, it might look different. I'm I'm not going to be writing songs. I'm not going to be showing up to life in that way, but I do get to show up in as me and like, yeah, explore, God, what is it that you're asking me to do in this space, in my workspace, to make it more beautiful, to make it, you know, X, Y, and Z, and to mm. go on that journey? Yeah, so it's, there's a sort of empowerment. Yeah. But it's, yeah, there's like different twists on this. Like, a slave can be empowered, but the kind of relationship is all about power. And I think sometimes like God's more powerful than us. So we focus on that as because the culturally that's a dynamic. So we Mm. focus on that as the dynamic. So then we have this idea of like the fear of the Lord is like, oh man, like I better not mess up or God will crush me like puny human that I am. And then we end up living lives where like we're trying to honor God, but we don't feel especially good about it. Mm. You know, we feel maybe a bit timid or I don't know. It's really easy for that to connect to dynamics. Like, yeah, if I can do better, maybe I'll earn some worth, mm. you know, and so, or something like that. Mm. Whereas 
there's this other version of like the fear of the Lord, which is because you mentioned this word first. One of the first things you said, Crooksy, like in there was the word trust. Mm. So this is the kind of empowerment that's not like, all right, Shelby, I'm God. You're a puny creature. Work, damn it. Get on with it. Like, <laughs> and don't mess up. But it's yeah. actually like it's this it's this invitation, and God's like, I trust you. Yeah. I've made you an image bearer. I've made you in my likeness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm calling that out. That's who you are. We'll talk about what that means in a minute, maybe. Mm-hmm. But like, so I trust you yeah. to now do my stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then it's a fear of the Lord that's not like, oh, I better not mess up. Mm-hmm. But like, oh man, I don't want to let this trust down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's still like, this, it's still weighty, but yeah, it's it's kind of inspiring to step in. Yeah. And that really changes the way you think about life, right? You wake up on Monday morning and you've got a decision to make or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're trying to figure out how to navigate something with your kids. You know, all these different life things. And instead of the narrative being like, I don't know, dominated by don't get it wrong, mm-hmm. you know. And of course we don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's so much more exciting to feel like the story I'm living is wow like i god could actually show up like god's creativity god's beauty god's power could show up here because he's actually trusted me to bring that into this decision or my kids or my workplace or you know all these different things that's so much more exciting than like the other version just makes me think oh keep your head down and just you know hope for the best Mm -hmm. yeah i mean isn't that the way though that uh, Jesus speaks about the servants who were given like ten, five, and one yeah. talent. Yeah. That like God expects us to work hard for that and like just like keeping your head down and giving God back what is rightfully his actually isn't enough for Jesus in in that parable. So God like I don't know, there's something way different between not wanting to let the trust down and not wanting to get in trouble. And like the weight of the responsibility is still there, but it's a responsibility to want to do good things rather than to not want to do bad things, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just so different. And the way you look at this and like kind of the mindset that you start off from can like completely change like how you see the whole picture completely because I think like for a lot of people they would read like in the beginning God created and then it sounds like even like that past tense verse like Mm -hmm. the the creation has been done Mm -hmm. and now the rest of it is just like the world just goes on Mm -hmm. but like God created two humans and then an instruction to Adam and Eve is like be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and it's like go do God things by creating more humans and like we should think of ourselves Mm -hmm. as co-creators like go and plant the seeds like I made made all the plants I made all the seeds I've got this now you go and do the thing that I've done plant the seeds look after them like take care of creation do like God stuff and be like creative we don't create out of nothing like he did but we're still doing like God stuff and yeah. seeing ourselves as like those co-creators, not on the same level, obviously right. not on the same level, but in partnership with God, like still continuing, continuing, continuing to do like God stuff, I think is like a really like fun way mm-hmm. to think about this. Yeah. And we say not in the same level, but I feel like sometimes we downplay it because this is like, this is God's blueprint for what a human is, you know? So yeah you know to gesture to the rest of the story Mm -hmm. like blueprint gets broken 
Jesus is like, don't worry, I'm going to do something about that. Mm -hmm. And we're a part of that story. So this is like super relevant for us. And this also, it doesn't just impact how we show up to our relationship with God. It has pretty big implications on how we exist in community. Because when we understand ourselves in this way and we take on that mandate to be fruitful and increase in number and to fill the earth and to subdue it, to be partners and to recognize that we're made in his image. When I show like even in sitting at this table, I'm wildly different than both of you guys. But when I can actually lean into that and say there's something that's so incredible about that, that there's something so beautiful about that, like it changes how I show up in relationship with other people because now I'm being invited to see that like this person is going to image God in a unique way and therefore I get to I get to know something about who God is in his heart just by being in relationship with this person that I'm not going to get maybe in my relationship with so and so you know yeah. what I mean like this doesn't just have implications on how we relate to God it has big implications for how we relate to one another which I think is incredible yeah it's like how are you going to see God yeah well Get the DVD. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, like all the images, hmm. like yeah. all the pictures with commentary. That's mm-hmm. like us and the Bible. Yeah. The images, the image bearers and the word of God. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, yeah, this amazing opportunity. But, and that's, and God's speaking so much worth over what a human is yeah. there, right? Just, we're on this trajectory of being invited in. I don't know, it's, again, it's like it's easy to get the storyline wrong. Like you're talking about, yeah, like to go be creative and multiply. And and sometimes like we read the verses of like, you know, have basically have babies. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I get it. Be creative that way. But it's really telling that like God basically shows that he can exercise dominion and power and bring order to the whole of the cosmos. And that culminates in this Garden of Eden. And it's like this tiny dot in the cosmos. Mm. And then God points outside and says, okay, out there, it's kind of like untamed, wild, chaotic. Like it's not it's not good yet, but it potentially is. Mm-hmm. And then he says to humans, like, so you've seen me do it? Here you go. Yeah. Over to you guys. And something for like playing everyday life is that, I mean, it would be nice to be able to bring all that order and whatever with just our words, but we've got to work hard for it. Yeah. And I remember I, uh, cards on the table, um, even like up until my undergrad, I did not work hard. I was not known for hard work. <laughs> I have three college degrees and I graduated with my class once. <laughs> like, <laughs> the rest of the time I was doing resets or like handed in stuff that I hadn't even started yet. But I was not a hard worker. And I remember the first time like someone was talking to me about like Genesis and like the theology of like God creating us for work. And I was just like so bummed out. I was like, no, like <laughs> God, be a part of the fall, right? God is about eternal rest. <laughs> do you know, like we're going to be hanging out and we're yeah. going to, there's going to be like the couches in heaven are going to be so plush. Mm. Yeah. But then it's like, we have, we have to work hard. So like bringing peace and order into creation, like by doing our jobs yeah. well and responsibly, like bringing order and creation in your workplace just by doing the job that you have been entrusted with, like nothing that seems so like mad theologically deep, just working mm-hmm. hard and yeah. being trusted with what people expect of you yeah. is like huge. Mm-hmm. I think, and you can see how when we get the story wrong, we view our work in the wrong way. Because mm-hmm. 
there's so many people are like work is this necessary evil but like it's not supposed to be kind yeah. of thing like you're saying right and so if you've got this view that the storyline is like yeah god created the garden of eden and put adam and eve in it and then you know horror of horrors they find themselves outside the garden and then the storyline is like man just keep your head down until you can get back in then yeah all our work and stuff it doesn't matter we're just like occup we're just occupying the time until like hopefully we get back in mm -hmm. yeah we just want to be safe again and so we're sort of hold our holding our breath um and that's i don't know it doesn't speak any value over the here and now mm. but if the storyline is like no we're actually designed to go out into the mess to actually image god and create order which is what it says in the text like go rule subdue mm -hmm. bring order bring that creativity bring my power because you're my image bearers you're like me and you're designed i don't know image bearer we think is such a technical theological term but it is like go represent me go yeah. image me out there go go i, I don't know i the uh, paraphrase of it is like you're a, if you're an image bearer you're a god manifester hmm. you know but then then like whatever your work is like oh i need to clean the house and change diapers i need to do yard work i need to go pick up some groceries for a friend i need to i don't know balance the accounts like it could be all sorts of things right but so much of that stuff then it can be part of a storyline where instead of asking ourselves the question like man i hope i've just kept my head down and i'm one step closer to escaping this it's like you can actually ask yourself a really different question which is like yeah did any of what i just did matter like did it bring order to the world did it push some of god's beauty power trust you know this stuff in the world and it's amazing how often the answer to that is yes once mm. you get out of your head the idea that the only god-shaped stuff we push in the world is like leading worship at church or something like that right like all of those other things they're massively bringing order and care and provision into the world yeah and uh in chapter 2 verse 15 says god put people in and placed them in the garden to work and watch over it or like work and keep it and like that cluster of verbs is usually used to describe like work that is done in the temple but like my dude was farming and gardening and like the idea that like pastors do the lord's work but like i'm just grinding right. nine to five yeah. like no thank you yeah. like worship god with your work and do it well like is is massive like your your work is a worship no matter where you do it that's right in most cases <laughs> yeah. depending on uh yeah. de depending on what your work is there's going to be some exceptions <laughs> that prove the rule but in the most cases, doing what you do, like with, like, the privilege, sure, and like the trust and the purpose that's been like delegated to us by God is like a worshipful act, like not like a worshipful act, it yeah. is a worshipful act, and it's so important. And I mean, given like how much of our lives, for better or for worse, kind of does revolve around work, then. It's good to know that we can do that worshipfully and not just have our lives wasted in an office or yeah. a hospital or yeah. wherever it is that we happen to work. And it's so massive for just our like emotional state of mind, how we think about our life in like the nine to five 
like just the normal bulk of our life because this speaks this kind of you are valuable like you are worthy yeah. and like god actually wants to be a part of this mm-hmm. but i mean you think about the sort of i say complaints not in terms of people whinging but like if they were to say where's the tension you know and we'll like the rest of the story we'll get into is like there's some reasons for te- we'll encounter tensions this isn't easy but it is fundamentally the blueprint of like who we are and who god says we are mm-hmm. and you know like endemic insecurity and like i just wonder how much and then christians can be as insecure as everyone else sometimes even more so but i wonder how much of that is because you know we're scrambling to create worth without realizing just how much these bits of the bible say that god actually created us worthy yeah um Mm. or like loneliness and and i mean there's that relational loneliness but so so much of that is to do with our insecurities in how you know that bounces off others and comparison and fear and you know all this other stuff Mm -hmm. but with god as well you know like how many times do you hear from people or if you thought that thought yourself like i wish god was just like more present to me or you know but if you're telling yourself a story that is like yeah the bulk of your time on earth doesn't matter to god like he's not really interested in it then yeah your radar isn't tuned in to be like where's god right now because you're expecting like man I, it'd be really cool to see god again next sunday mm-hmm. you know yeah and that's not the story mm. and so like these narratives, they so matter to the everyday. Yeah. I think what you're getting at is like you don't see from the beginning this separating out or this division between what is important and relevant in God's kingdom and what's happening in society and culture. Like that it's not two separate conversations, it's one. Like I think that vision that we get at the beginning of the story is that Um, it's like a call to stop compartmentalizing all the different parts of your life, but to rather put it all on the table and say, God, here I am. I'm a whole person. I'm going to, I'm going to bring all of the pieces and the parts of who I am and what my life is made up. And I'm going to say, I want all of those things to be in right relationship Mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. I think that there's just such, that's the, that's the beauty of the beginning of the story is we get to see God's heart. We get to catch his vision And part of that is a story about how we communicate and commune with those around us. And so another practical implication, gosh, I think about the digital age we're living in, right? I love getting a notification. I love, yeah, just, I'll just shamelessly say, I love seeing the amount of likes or whatever. And I think that that points to something within us of like, we, yeah, we love I don't know, to have those points of connections, those notifications, those likes or whatever. And I think that that is what makes like addiction to our phones and technology and social media yeah. so hard. But I think when you look at that, what you see in the garden, what you see what God's original heart for us is, is to is to be with us in the whole of every moment, is to communicate with us in the whole of every moment. I think in some ways, like, I'm not saying technology is bad or whatever. Like, I don't think it, it's a it's a bad or a good. I think, um, yeah, that's maybe another conversation. But I do think it can be this thing that stands in the way or is this, like, artificial um, 
I don't know, replacement for what actually yeah. God has on offer. And it shows, I mean, because it's interesting because that feeling of like, I want to be noticed. Yeah. I want to be affirmed. Mm-hmm. I want to feel like I matter. I want to feel like someone else is invested in yeah. this because we don't like living in selfish, lonely little bubbles. Totally. Like when we don't get that from God and mm-hmm. from the story of God, we self-medicate yeah. by finding it somewhere else. Cheap substitutes, yeah. And, yeah, and you'll find it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um and and like Genesis one and two is almost like God's. I don't know if you're like, how many views did I get? I posted a video of my day. This is like God's pre-like. Yeah. Of your like, he you know he sums up. He's like, yeah, that's like I made you to do stuff. Yeah. Like, and I'm watching you, and yeah. I'm for you. And exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's. I mean, why do you think it is that we? I mean, I this is like the million dollar question, and maybe it is just we we get the story wrong. We we forget the story we're living in. We need to constantly remind ourselves. But why is it we just, I don't know, that the fact that that's there on the page for us doesn't matter to us as much as getting 100 extra followers. Mm-hmm. Like, why is the tangible here and now, like, it's on my phone, I can measure it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm kind of answering my own question with yeah. the adjectives. but. Right. But it is, it's a weird thing. Yeah, like, it puts me it in control. It seems confusing that those yeah. things matter so much to me. Yeah. I think we've kind of lost sight of what the point of Genesis 1 and 2 are, that like so much debate has happened over like how old the earth is or like how long the creation process actually took or whatever. And it gets to the point where, like in culture, like if you genuinely believe in a young earth and a seven, well, a six and a rest day creation process, like that for like so many people is like the sign that you're an embarrassment. And it's not a scientific document. It tells you who made. It doesn't tell you like how he made it. It doesn't really like go into like all the details of like, what he made it talks in like really like quite general terms about land and sea and yeah and like this is all about who made and when like we fuss about like those kind of like little details and we lose track of like what the actual point is that there is a god who made everything including you and he loves and blesses you he created you to be a blessable covenant partner but you care more about what like people think yeah then we've kind of lost track of things and like reading this is one of those things where it's uncomfortable because like if we treat it just like oh this is a cute story that we tell kids and we know about and we don't expect them to understand that because it seems quite simple but it's actually like super complicated so like have fun children mm-hmm. then we could just like forget about it for the rest of our lives but when we do look at it we're like oh wait there's a lot here and, and like the tension of the contrast between like what we see and like what we live exists and like tension is there like even in like this part of the story like something that's always grabbed me and i'd love to hear what you guys think about this is when God is creating the the lights in the sky. In verse 14 of chapter 1, he's like, let there be light in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from night, and they will serve as signs for festivals and for days and years. So then I'm like, before there are even people, there are going to be festivals for those people to celebrate. Yeah. And what are those festivals? Like Passover, 
Like you only have Passover if you've been bust out of Egypt. And you only get busted out of Egypt if you have been subjected to slavery in Egypt for hundreds of years. So on the fourth day of creation ever, God is like, there's going to be a thing to celebrate, like freedom. There's going to be a thing to celebrate. And you're going to know because it's like, okay, this is the first day of the month for you. This is the day that we celebrate on. Mm. So like all of this stuff that is like so interwoven with the rest of the story of God, like showing who he is and like liberation is like, just like, I don't know, like scattered in, thrown in and like a wee, oh, when they get to like Exodus chapter 12, they're going to get this. This is going to be fun for us (laughs) to watch. But just like there is tension there. So... I don't know if you guys are going to care to even answer this question, but yeah, do you know. guys think that God knew that there was going to be sin and slavery on the like from before He made people? <laughs> I mean, there's the theological answer of like, well, of course, you know, God knows everything, <laughs> but then there's a like, as God's trying to tell His stories, He's directing someone to write this down. Like, what's He wanting to us to get? Mm. Um, and I love the example of like science, age of the earth stuff. Like the questions we ask Genesis sometimes, um, you know, I think God's okay with like, oh, you got that's a question. Cool. Okay. I'll yeah. interact with you. Like it's not that your questions don't matter, but it's really interesting to come to Genesis and be like, what questions God, when you were like getting this down, were you really wanting us to ask, mm. you know? And that's where going to the rest of the Bible and seeing, like, because the rest of the Bible riffs on Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, if it doesn't happen on the first few pages, it doesn't happen at all. (laughs) And then be like, what questions does the Bible highlight? And it is stuff to do with, like, you know, are we elevated? Do we have worth? Do we have a purpose? What is that purpose? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we, we were we designed for a relationship? Mm -hmm. Yeah, things like that. And then the festivals thing's interesting because you're like, yeah, God's dropping this mega hint that as someone who experiences festivals all of a sudden part of your contemporary experience is on the blueprint Hmm. Mm. and that's that's the big thing i feel like in all these getting the story wrong things we keep saying is like yeah we keep thinking like our story has nothing to do with this story and then it just hasn't average it doesn't speak any life Mm -hmm. or truth or hope into us at all and seeing a bit of like our festivals of like, yeah, Christmas. And like I mean, you said at the start, right? Mm. Yeah, we're crescendoing into Easter here, yeah. another festival. It's like, yeah, God God knew that humans would experience a seasonality mm-hmm. and like waves of appreciating things. And whether you find yourself on the come down from like, oh, Christmas is over. <laughs> or Ooh, it's Lent, like Easter's coming, you know, like in anticipation, like God knows, mm-hmm. like he, that's a part of his blueprint, you know, that's not just, I don't know, so often we have this idealistic vision of humans and we just speak over ourselves constantly, you're a hot mess, you're a hot mess, yeah. you're a hot mess, right? And it's just so reassuring then to see some of our humanness in God's blueprint, because mm-hmm. That's what he said. He didn't be like, okay, Adam, Eve, you're like superhumans. I've created you with superpowers. And no, they're like ordinary humans like us. And we know because they messed up just like us. Hmm. That'll be next week. Like they're just, they're humans. This is humanness. It's not superhumanness. This is us. Like we see ourselves reflected in these pages. And yeah, it just, 
I mean, that's that's where I I can't wait to get to next week to see like, okay, so things go pear shaped. What kind of pear? What shape? What are we talking? Like, what, <laughs> what's, what's the deal? But we'll find out that this blueprint still has so much to do with this. Yeah. And in even things like, oh, uh, I think you said it, Shelby, like you're blessable. Mm. Like, I mean, we talked about the likes. Like, you get a thumbs up from these pages. God's like, "Woo, you're a human. <laughs> I make humans awesome. That's you. That's you." Yeah. Um, but then the blessed part is God's not just like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll view your video. You know, I might give it a like." But He's also like, "I'm gonna give to you a Kickstarter. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, I'm invested. Yeah. Like that's that's who God is to humankind. That's who God is to us. This is God's plan. God designed humans to have someone." he could get in their Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's probably some Kickstarters we've got, this is like your vocation and job, where God's like, "Uh, dude, that's not a thing. We need to change. (laughs) But so, so, so much of life is the sort of stuff where God's like, yeah, I'll go fund me that. Like, that's cool. And so that blessability is another huge one from this bit of the story. Like God's, he affirms the goodness, affirms the worth, commissions, yeah. invites, and there's like, I'm gonna bless you. It's not like, all right, over to you. See how you know. I'll yeah. check back in a few millennia. Like we'll see what's going on. You know, I'm off for a break. Yeah. Um, but he wants to do it with us, mm. and he wants to bless us in the midst of this stuff. Mm. Yeah, and it, it doesn't even need to be like super like holier than thou stuff like just normal things like uh i used to play like a pickup soccer game every thursday in glasgow and it was like a bunch of dudes from our church uh got together to play and then like people moved away and like whatever and it just ended up being like one of those things where like friends of friends joined in and then like friends of friends of friends joined in and we had this like little cluster of people who wanted to like play soccer like pickup soccer in Glasgow is like an aggressive thing. Like dudes have like a whole week and then one hour to work out all of their aggression <laughs> on a soccer field. And that usually comes out with verbal aggression that friends speak very unkindly to each other in words that are not suitable for a House of Learning podcast. And like we shared like the field with these dudes and like we played on half of it, they played on half of it. And like our group, like we just, we wanted to win because if, if you don't want to win, like don't show up. But like we were friends and it was different. And then there was this dude, it was so different. There was this dude who played from us, like a uh, big Hungarian, Pete. And Pete liked it so much that when his parents came from Hungary to visit Scotland, they came to watch him play football. <laughs> it was just like, it was a sort of soccer game you could bring your mum to. And he played awful that week, but anyway. But then we we went out, he was moving back to Hungary and we went out for a drink after and this dude Gary who had all the chat ended up talking to this girl and she had just moved to Glasgow and she was looking for a church and I overheard him being like, oh, all these guys go to a church, I don't go to church, but all these guys go to a church and like I play football with them and like they're not weird, they're they're good people. Mm. And I was thinking, I didn't realise that the soccer game was a missional community. I thought we were just playing soccer, but there was something that was like, we want to win but we're going to be kind to each other. That's just like a, a nicer, a better, a more peaceful, orderly way to 
play soccer mm-hmm. or like live your life. And I think when the Bible puts it in things like they will rule over all the earth, that sounds like a lot of responsibility to put on like any person. But when it's like, here, can you be kind? Like, can you be a good dude? Then you're like, yes, I can most of the time. But I mean, I can make it my mission to be kind to the people around me even in a Glaswegian pickup soccer game, which is hard. Yeah. But it, it's fun and it's normal and we can do it. That reminds me of that verse, like uh, the wood, hay and the stubble. You know, like that which is gold, which is pure. There'll be this refining and, you know, the story that's about fear makes us feel like, man, unless it's perfect, it's all going to burn. Soccer, like hanging out with your mates down the pub, like afterwards, like all of it, it's all going to burn. Mm. But like that story is like this reminder of like, even in what you might think is a normal thing, yes. there can be a lot of gold in it. Yeah, Because sure. what Genesis is saying is mm-hmm. there's a lot of gold in normal. Yeah, You know, it's not the exceptional, it's not the super spiritual, it's here, like in embodied here in creation, in this world we inhabit, like the gold can be in the everyday. Yeah. I think, I think we'll be so surprised where the value is located in, you know, like a final reckoning, like when life is said and done, we get to like watch the playback highlights real with Jesus. <laughs> I think what makes the highlights might surprise us. Yeah. All right. Well, we're nearly out of time. Let's get like last minute. What haven't we said? What's your top? I hope you've got something left in the tank. <laughs> it's fine to be like, no, I've said everything. But so we wrap it up and don't go for an hour and a half. Yeah. Go on, Shelby. Definitely has been said, but I think just to reiterate, I think the invitation of Genesis 1 is like when we bring every piece and part of our life to God, all of it can become an opportunity to encounter him. And I think that that's just the reminder that I needed and that like I have to constantly remind myself it's nothing's off the table. Um, and there's a lot of beauty and opportunity in that. Mm, I love that. What about you, Mr. C? Um, stop fussing about things that we don't know the answer to and see all of the things that we can affirm in people around us like they are created with dignity and mm. glory and purpose that has been delegated by God and let's fight less and let's be nice to each other more. Mm. Mm. That's good. Practical. My only thing, because I was looking over this, it's like the first time you have Yahweh Elohim mentioned in chapter two. And like God's showing off all his power and he's doing this thing. And it culminates in like this recognition that the one who's doing all this stuff, this amazing stuff, relating to these humans, making a cosmos that's just perfect for them, like just showing off is not just Elohim, not just one of the gods, but Yahweh Elohim, mm. like big daddy God. Boom. Like, And that just, I think, inspires me to be like, I, I don't know, it's like you know it, but you forget it. Like, mm. I can trust him. I can look up to him. I can worship him. Like, this is, you know, I have all the things shaping the world. Like, yeah, you can't be God. Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't be him. Yeah. And so, I don't know, maybe there's some like hope that comes out of that as well. It's just in the midst of a messy story, which all of the cosmos' story gets messy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just, there's a purity of God just stamping his like, I got this. 
at the beginning. So I love yeah. that. Mm. Fun. All right. Well, dudes, I hope that gets you thinking and we'll catch you next week for Act 2. Enjoy. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the House of Learning podcast. This podcast is produced by A Jesus Church College based at Westside A Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from, along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.